there's so many ways to go with it, the futuristic theory, parallel dimensions. Um, but that's a very cool mystery that I hope we don't solve too soon because I like I like playing with it. <laughs> Agreed. It's one of those things where, you know, if the dog ever catches a car, what is the dog going to do then? That, you know, so that that's kind of one of those things hanging out there for sure. But uh... story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Weird animal-like creature that was shot. Wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome, Strange Ogles. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. <laughs> We're so matter-of-factly about that. What's going on, man? I missed you. Missed you last week. Yeah, I mean, who knows when this is going to come out, so it might not be last week anymore, but... <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether we're going to bucket this one or not, or, or put it out, but uh, man, so yeah, I apologize. Every now and again, we, we we miss one. You know, life gets in the gets in the way, so there's that. Yeah. Life, lack of things to do, too many things to do, who knows? <laughs> A you know? splattering of everything, literally, so... yeah. I do want to, so I do want to do this, and I was texting you and John um, on it because I, I want to do a recommendation. And again, I don't know when this is going to drop. You know, if it drops later, hopefully, you know, it's still on Netflix. Um, we have a ghost. Have you seen that yet? Oh, I was going to ask if you watched that. That is fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cute. It was. Well, so, and here's the thing, listeners. So it's on Netflix. It's called We Have a Ghost. Uh, it actually has uh, David Harbour in it, who's off Stranger Things. I think it was Hellboy, too, if I remember right. But um, Yeah, and also Anthony Mackie, who uh, Oh, Falcon. Was, yeah. Yeah, he was Falcon. He's going to be Captain America. Yeah, that's right. A lot of well, so here's the thing: when it when it was advertised, it looked kind of teeny bopperish, right? Like it was a you know advertised as a family show, which it is. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it's not. Oh man, I hadn't even heard of it. I, I, like, I missed the all radar. of the advertising. For oh, it. did you really? Yeah, the wife sent me something. Yeah. I was like, oh, but you know, when you get into it, yeah, you know, it's got that family element to it, but it actually is so good. It is. It's got an underlying plot. It goes into a murder mystery. It get like it's so. It was just well, well done. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Yeah, like Tignataro's in it. She plays like a weird CIA physicist, and like uh, I can't remember. Oh, that's her name. Oh, I was remember who she Jennifer, was. Jennifer Coolidge, I think, is her name. The uh, she was in like White Lotus and stuff. Um, kind of like uh, I think she was Stifler's mom. Back in the American oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but she was the talk show host. Uh, it's got, so it's got funny. like it's a, so a lot of like fun, random like. Oh hey, I know who that is. Kind yeah, of yeah. casting to it too. Yeah, and what's so funny? But again, not to give it away. It's just yeah, it's a ghost movie. But uh, so David Harbor plays a ghost, and for a guy that really says nothing in the movie, he took he took the show. Like it just was yeah. so good. So so good. Anyway, 
But want to throw yeah, that. I really out enjoyed there. that. Yeah, I did too. Uh, so every you know we finally get time to kind of watch a TV show or two, and and that was one that kind of came down the pike. So not that you're listening to. Hey, welcome to Strange Uncles movie review. That's not what we want to do here. But <laughs> you know, we still tend to try to throw one or two out there every now and again, just because you know they're fun. So anyway. Yeah. Um, what else you got going on, on your side other than snow? I, I was in Salt Lake and I missed you and it was kind of a nightmare. And so there's that, uh, we got the oh, same man, thing man, you know, not a whole lot, a whole lot. I don't know. <laughs> the jury's out. Things for sure. are. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, been a real interesting time around here. I can imagine. Well, like I said, you know where to find me. So, you know, if you ever need, uh, let me know. I'm going to actually try to make a personal trip your way here in, uh, like, early summer time frame. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll talk about it and go from nice. there. I actually had some uh, Patreon listeners go, oh, we'd love to hook up with you guys if you go to Skinwalker again. And I'm like, yeah, we talk about it. We just can't get anything on the proverbial calendar to do it. So Yeah, I mean, part of, part of it is, like, the people that we would go with all have – conflicting schedules pretty much too, it's, so it's that tight makes it tough, yeah but yeah it does make it tough oh uh, we'll get it figured out like i said so if you're a patreon you know who i'm talking about um we've had a couple reach outs yeah you know definitely we, we, we got some things in the mix we just got to find time to do it um and of course you know i've got a kid on the way so <laughs> i don't know how my time's gonna be yeah or maybe i'll have more time to escape and let the wife take care of because she's why don't you just go let me have the baby i'm like oh that boy that's a great idea yeah Maybe I'll yeah, go. Yeah, sure, play. sure. I'm sure that's exactly how that's going to go. <laughs> yeah. It, it won't. It absolutely won't. But yeah, just saying. Anyway. Um, cool. Well, hey, so let's just jump right into it, actually. So we got kind of a long interview. Uh, not too long. It's a little under an hour. But uh, this, we've been waiting for her for a while. Her name is Rebecca Pittman. Um, she is an author, but it is what she specializes in, which is fantastic. And it's right up my alley because I absolutely love history. And weird shit. And so the two go hand in hand a lot of times, right? And she writes about these things. And it was fun. It was a blast having her on. Um, she's got 16 books underneath the belt. She's continuing to write. She has other things that that, that she does that she's involved in. Um, and then, of course, we went off and, and talked about other things in the fringe field. And it was just overall, it was just kind of a blast, man. I enjoyed it. So, Yeah, she was really fun to talk to. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to clue you guys on that. Uh, everybody, this is Rebecca F. Pittman. Open the gates. Rebecca has had quite a life from growing up in Salt Lake and learning from the School of Hard Knocks at an early age, but eventually found her way into the world of the paranormal. She has made her living as a professional muralist, motivational speaker, TV talk show host, and author, as well as other creative endeavors. But she truly found her niche with the writing of historic places with paranormal activity and what she calls the bones of the place. She has researched extensively with her line of books called the Haunted History and Haunting Series and has covered haunted history such as the Lizzie Borden home, the history of Salem, and the infamous Stanley Hotel, just to name a few. Uh, tons of stuff she's got underneath her belt, and she's still continuing to work, and it's amazing. We're ecstatic to have her on the show. Rebecca Pittman, welcome to Strange Uncles. Thank you very much. Can I be the strange aunt? I have credentials. Uh, you know, if you want to post that somewhere, you have our permission. We are perfectly fine <laughs> with doing Thank that. You. <laughs> anyway, no, great to have you on the show. You know, and, and we were talking a little bit 
before the interview, and 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 first of all, Salt Lake. You know, you had said that that you were you were raised in that area, and that's kind of our old stomping mm-hmm. grounds. Um, one thing that I I guess I'd like to start there, and then you know, Josh, feel free to jump in wherever. But uh, the you know, I've spent four years in Salt Lake, and I, I travel back and forth for work, and and I find Salt Lake fascinating in regards to history. Uh, the surrounding areas. What did you did you lean into that when you were there, or was that kind of after the fact that you got into uh, wh- where you're at now and and really Salt Lake? You really didn't have a chance to look into that history side of it. Oh no, I was raised Mormon, um, and my mother ran a modeling agency in Salt Lake City. Which, you know, sometimes Salt Lake can be a little hard to break into a lot of different professions. And I would be curious to know if yours was easy to launch from that city. But I I find the history completely fascinating. And I miss the Wasatch Mountains. They're so close to the city. They're amazing. But, uh, you know, some people are very happy there and other people feel like they're a little shut out if they don't belong to the LDS church. So what what did you feel about it? You, you know, honestly, and I can kind of toss it to Josh because, you know, you, you, Josh, you were born there. But I mean, I, I it was yeah. kind of hit and miss, I think, for me. Um, I, I looked hard for trying to dig into stuff. And yeah, I think there were some walls. Um, I actually belong to a, a, paranormal, a paranormal group called Ochre Paranormal. Um, and, and he started in Salt Lake and, and the founder, and he spent 20 years building files and cases, everything from the Rio, uh, Home Depot or the bus depot, train depot, downtown, um, the theaters, you know, he's been all over that state collecting. And, and so, but it is, I don't know. I, I do find it's kind of difficult, but I, I think Josh, you got more of a, more of an insight on that. Yeah, it can be tough. Um, it just, you know, kind of depends, uh, what your I guess where you're at and, and who your friends are and that kind of stuff. Uh, it can be, it can be tough to find, uh, people to connect with that are outside of the mainstream Mormon faith here, you know, but, uh, I haven't had too hard of a time with that. I think the city itself is amazing and the growth that it's had, um, so no, I'm, I'm not impugning that at all. I, I didn't find a problem with it. I didn't, I, I went to high school and college there mm-hmm. and I guess I didn't really notice that, that there were feelings that sometimes people didn't know how to fit in if they weren't part of the church. <clears throat> so I may not be the best one to speak to it, but I, I love Salt Lake City. I think it's amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, likewise. And, and like I said, every place is different, but one of my big, big uh, loves, uh, other than just weird stuff, which is what this, you know, this podcast is about, is the history. You know, the history goes hand in hand with that. So um, mm-hmm. with what you have, these books of history, when did you actually find this? When did you go, okay, I'm going to put two and two together. This is going to kind of be what I'm going to focus on uh, to look back on that. When did that occur? Well, Living in Colorado, I live uh, only about 35 minutes from the Stanley Hotel, and Stephen King pretty much put that hotel on the map when he stayed there one night and was inspired to write The Shining. Mm -hmm. So I would go up there all the time, and I was amazed that nobody had written a comprehensive book about the hotel, Uh, especially not just Stephen King, but you've got the Stanley Steamer motor car history. So all of my books, three quarters of them are about the history of the place. And then the last quarter is the paranormal activity going on there today. 
So I started with that hotel simply because I lived nearby. And then while I was writing that, someone said, hey, have you heard about the Myrtles Plantation? Then it was Limp Mansion. Then it was Lizzie Borden. Then it was Salem. Then it was Versailles. <laughs> it was off. And yeah, it was just one of those things that started snowballing. And I love research. I love the history. And yeah, you get the haunted part. I sleep alone in most of these places while I'm researching it. And that can be a little scary. <laughs> but I've learned to live with it. I, I think that's... Well, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, have you had any spooky experiences sleeping alone in, in these places with uh, pretty haunted reputations? Oh, all of them. And it's, it's insane because I don't have any ghost hunting equipment. I, I have, hmm. you know, most of my followers are terribly disappointed in me. <laughs> I don't have an EMF reader. It just tends to happen to me. But for instance, at Limp Mansion in St. Louis, something kicked the bed and sat on my feet. I've heard gunshots in the hallway at the Myrtles Plantation. I watched my earrings move down the mantle. Stanley Hotel, uh, tobacco smoke blown in our faces, something burned my arm. It's oh, just, wow. and yet I never felt threatened, which is so weird. I, hmm. I don't. If I felt it was demonic, I'd probably quit. I, I I don't I don't blame you. I think that's what you know. We talk about this yeah. all the time. But one thing that that Josh and I share and and other friends of ours is like the Ouija board. You know, it's oh yeah, I do that. No, we don't touch the Ouija board. We just don't do that. No. I mean, I you know, I, it's there's a line drawn in the sand at times, and and I think you know you you use some common sense to realize where that line is. You know, so doesn't it shock you that they sell those in the toy store? <laughs> I mean, they're right on the same aisle in Toys R Us with the and, and Kmart with the games. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I have never understood that. And, and you know, Josh and I talk about that. And I, they make it, it – it's a plaything to them. It's weird. Yeah. It, it is so – it, and especially nowadays, I, I think um, – you know, like look at the Travel Channel. You know, not knocking Travel Channel, but you know, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody that is an expert on something. And you know, they have a show, they have this, and and I think the Ouija board and other things along that lines, like it just falls into that same thing. People don't, you know, if they don't feel it, they don't believe in it. They it's a it's a game, and I I think it's kind of construed as that. And and I don't know. Sometimes that game can kind of get out of control if you're not if you don't know what you're doing. So you know, there's that. Well, I was hoping The Exorcist, you know, kind of warned people, the movie, because <laughs> right. that's how it all supposedly started. And I thought, there you go, people, pay attention. Open your but, eyes. <laughs> yeah, Lizzie, Lizzie Borden, The History and Haunting of Lizzie Borden is one of my best sellers. So I created the Lizzie Borden Paranormal Card Game. Oh. <laughs> and, yeah, it's got the alibis, the suspects, the crime scene, and it sells like hotcakes. Every once in a while, somebody will say, I just think that's awful. You made a game <laughs> off of somebody's murders. I just think that's awful. And I felt badly about that. I really did. Well, you're, but you're, my, uh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, my girlfriend loves true crime stuff. And every once in a while, she'll turn to me while we're watching like the ID channel or whatever and, and, be like i feel bad that this is kind of basically somebody's worst day and it's basically entertainment but yeah. i yeah. mean it's interesting on, you know what I'm do you on do my second true crime book and 
Oh, it is hard. Um, I'm, in fact, I was uh, talking to Shane before we went on the air. Uh, I've been my new book coming out is Countdown to Murder Alec Murdoch, that big trial in South Carolina. And literally an hour before I came on your show tonight, they announced he was found guilty on all four counts. And I'm in shock. The jury was only out for three less than three hours. Uh, huge case. It's international. Nancy Grace has been in the audience a lot, but mm. now I have to write the book. And <laughs> it is very hard to write and interview families of the victims. And that gets to me. It, it really does. It's, it, I get very emotional sometimes writing these books. So I was, that's I a imagine. good, that's a question. So that's one of the questions I had. And we were going to talk about that briefly. You know, of course we're, we're all about the haunted history. That's my, my go-to. I, Absolutely love history, love the outdoors, love the haunted. But with the true crime, you know, we'll be honest with you, Rebecca. We usually don't cover every now and again. We'll we'll talk about a cult, or we'll talk about you know somebody. It's one of those things where you, you we feel we don't want to give these people a soapbox per se. But it's fascinating because everybody is so true crime is like the big thing. Everybody's into true crime. What made you get into that form of writing and, and do that? Was that something that you just, you're always curious in or what brought you down that rabbit hole? It wasn't that hard of a segue. When I wrote Lizzie Borden, I found five new pieces of evidence uh, in that case. I wrote, I read 5,000 pages of trial transcripts and police interviews, witness reports, and so I, I, I love research, as I mentioned. So it, true crime and paranormal have a lot of common links. It's about mystery. It's about clues. It's about the unknown. And that is my Achilles heel is mystery. So when I was writing Limp Mansion uh, in St. Louis, I made a lot of friends. And one of them texted me all oh, a year and a half ago, I guess, and said, hey, have you heard about this Pam Hupp? case going on out here and when I looked at it I went oh I have to do this it was so bizarre and so that's my first it was countdown to murder Pam Hupp and that one came Mm -hmm. out last December not this December but the one before Mm -hmm. and Renee Zellweger actually played her in a tv miniseries Um, oh wow I didn't know that but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of cross linking I think with paranormal and true crime don't you a little bit yeah I think what you're saying makes sense too about how it's an easy pivot from one to the other and a lot of times there's uh, when you're looking in like, especially what you deal with, with like haunted history kind of stuff, a lot of times that paranormal, uh, those paranormal encounters might involve a little bit of criming here and there, you know? Right. Like Lizzie Borden. And let's face it, the Salem witch trials were murder. They just yeah, blamed. 100%. The, the girls yeah. admitted they made it up. So, um, like I said, I, I think I've been dancing around it with the paranormal books and I'm now I'm, I'm going to do both um, genres and I, I really like this niche. Oh, good, good. So I'll I was tell gonna... you one thing: I, I am a lot more scared of the living. <laughs> I'll take the ghosts now that I've started writing true crime. I hear you there. Both of us hate people, so I, I, I completely yeah. understand. <laughs> it's sometimes, man. You turn on the TV, you're like, "Really? Is this really happening? It's insane." Yeah. So that's funny. Well, no, good on you. And I was so I was going to ask for that follow up. You know, if you're going to keep two, you know, you switch into true crime, you're going to kind of run run the you know, the two together. Um, that that's great. How- I do whatever I do whatever's current uh-huh. and what appeals to me. Um, 
people want me to write about the Winchester Mystery House. Um, so basically, I'm, and I also want to do a couple of novels with a supernatural bent to them. Oh, so I've nice. been really blessed that people like what I do. I can't tell you how humbled and happy I am because I tend to pick the topics that interest me and, and hope that it interests other people. Absolutely. That's good. Well, so quick question for you. Um, well, probably not quick, honestly, but <laughs> when you talk about your subject matter, and, and again, I'm looking back on your history, you know, we, we wrote about the Salem Witch Trials, the Lizzie Borden home, the Lemp Mansion, um, you know, you have all these things. First of all, what gets you interest? How do you pick that topic? There? Because some of these, you know, you we've heard forever, right? Like Lizzie Borden, for example. But you just right. brought up an example where you said, look, you found new evidence and you read through that evidence. Do, do you ever mm-hmm. feel like some of these things has been spinning around and it's been out there for decades that it's just there's nothing more to add to it? Or do you ever get like halfway down the road on a research thing and go, oh, man, this is, you know, it, I'm not finding anything new here really to write about. No, the thing, and, and this isn't bragging, please believe me, it isn't. Um, because I love research so much, I've almost in every single book I've written found something new that the owners didn't know. And it is such a delight for me to, to take it to them and say, look at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Limp Mansion is just now coming uh, on the radar, and it is the most insane story, and it's about three suicides by gunshot inside the mansion over the, over the years. This wasn't all at once, and this was the wealthiest family in St. Louis. Uh, they introduced lager beer to America, the breweries across the street from the mansion, 11 city blocks. And wow. they were competing with Anheuser-Busch, although at the time it was just Bush. They broke the beer uh, records. And yet, for some reason, three of them, well, I know the reason, but three of the men in the family shot themselves over the decades. And the, the, the daughter, who became the richest single woman in St. Louis, shot herself in her own mansion 10 minutes away. Weird. And that place is so haunted. And Vincent Price was friends with one of the limps. He spent the night there. Um, it's just an amazing. It's just it's creepy, but it's amazing in there. I love that. I, and I, I'll be honest with you, Josh. I don't know if you've ever heard of the limp mansion. I have not I, in my research. No. I, yeah, that's new for us completely. Wow. Huh. It's it's. Uh, I, I think Hulu's starting to circle around them and. Um, I think there a lot of people are starting to find out about it, but I'm not kidding. They the owners have restored it to its beer baron, gilded age splendor, and you can the all of the bathroom fixtures are the originals from the mid 1800s. It's incredible in there, and their food is outstanding. But I to hear gunshots in the hallway was chilling for me because that's a residual haunting. Right, that was like the, right. the house playing that back. Mm-hmm. And of all the things that have happened to me, I think that's the one that still gets to me. That's so I pretty much answered, I think this question, but on, on your books, have you stayed and if you're going to write on a, on a subject, have you make it a point to go to that subject matter, stay research, or have you done anything that you just haven't had a chance? It was just an interesting story and you researched it, just never had a chance to physically go there. Yes. 
uh, Versailles, the Palace of Versailles in Paris. I had my ticket and COVID hit. Oh. And so I went ahead and finished the book. I will be going in June. I uh, can't wait. But the Ghosts of Marie Antoinette is actually a documented uh, story from there. But yeah, the timing couldn't have been worse. And it's a big book. And I went ahead and finished it, but I can't wait to go see it in person. I haven't been to Versailles, but Paris is wonderful. Do you, can you recommend a good restaurant? I can't remember <laughs> the name of any of them. Though I went in like 2006. Uh, I assume crazy. croissant is in the title somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I was drinking quite heavily in Paris, so uh, ah, I don't remember very does. many of the names <laughs> of very many places. <laughs> Lots of okay, good well, wine, though. <laughs> yeah, moving right along. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's outstanding. That's amazing. Um, have you, so when you're writing these and and you're you're working on them for, you know, whatever the subject matters go to, um, have you ever had something that just ends up with a dead end? You know, you, you get, you start researching and, and they're just, there's just time wasted because it's just not what, what, you know, what you think would fold out. Right. No, in all no. honesty, it usually surprises me and evolves. There's usually more than I thought going in. For instance, with Lizzie Borden, um, after the research, I found out that there weren't just two hatchets involved not just one hatchet, there were three. There were three dresses involved on the murder day. There were three murder plots. Um, so I'm, I'm always surprised. And all of these places tend to fall into the top 10 most haunted. And there's a reason for that. So typically I will pick a subject that to me is intriguing, that maybe has some hidden little Easter eggs to find. And so far, like I said, I've been surprised and watched it evolve far beyond what I thought it was going to be. I'm wow. still waiting to, to meet an alien. I so much want to <laughs> see a UFO. <laughs> Don't we my all? Husband, my husband, I was teasing him because in Colorado, I'm in a hotbed of UFO activity you, in Colorado you are. Springs. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And... I said, I can't wait to see a UFO. And he goes, and he goes, well, I believe in UFOs, but I don't believe in aliens. I said, well, who do you think's flying? <laughs> it's well, you know, there's so funny. That's, yeah. that's my new one. That's a There's so many theories out there with, you know, with UFOs. In fact, we, we've got a guest that we're trying to line up that actually his theory. And, and he was one of the first ones to write a book on it was it's not aliens. It's us from the future. And they are yeah. coming back to kind of, you know, look at history and figure out what we did in our culture and all that. And, you know, that makes more sense to me than, uh, you know, somebody traveling light years to go check out why we are dumb and we don't understand nuclear power and we're killing ourselves. <laughs> it just, you know, it doesn't make, don't, don't even get us on that soapbox because that's another, when they had this whole stuff happen a couple of weeks ago with the, with the UFOs and the shoot, I, we, I was so ecstatic but I knew that there was nothing going to come from it. It was just, eh, just us being dumb again. So, you know, there's that. But there, there's so many ways to go with it. The futuristic theory, parallel dimensions. Um, but that's a very cool mystery that I hope we don't solve too soon because I like, I like playing with it. <laughs> Agreed. It's one of those things where you know, if the dog ever catches a car, what is the dog going to do then? That you know, so that that's kind of one of those things hanging out there for sure. But. Uh, 
So, you know, you mentioned, Rebecca, you were talking about some of the experiences. And, and you know, if you write in these books, you, you, you usually you're able to stay you know, where it's at, do the research, you know, like Stanley Hotel, for example, um, things that you encounter moving or sitting on your bed. Did you always have that before you started writing or did that come to fruition when you kind of got your, your feet into this? No, um, my mother had some kind of psychic ability, and I found that out at a very young age. Um, we were driving in, in California. My sister's a year younger. I think we were seven, eight years old. And all of a sudden, she just whips off the side of the road and bursts out crying and says, my mother just died. Well, this is way before cell phones. I, I thought she'd hit something. And um, she's just destroyed. And finally, she pulls herself together. We drive about another five, 10 minutes to her brother's house, my uncle. And when we pulled into the driveway, he came out the front door crying. And he said, sis, mom just died. Oh, boy. And it was my first inkling that there was something more out there. And she had a lot of stuff like that. Um, The home we lived in, a man had died in the upstairs bedroom before we moved in. And she would go in the bathroom that he used, and these black waves would come over her to where she had to grab the sink. And overwhelming smell of tobacco and things like that. I never sensed it, but she did. Hmm. And this is my favorite part. She could meet you for the first time and tell you, this was when we were in high school, she could tell our friends what their bedroom looked like, what their grades were which parent they were closer to. So she was our party trick. You know, every time we had a party, it was go get your mom. And um, she she never missed. It was uncanny. And so you, as you can guess, I didn't get away with a whole lot growing up. <laughs> no sneaking out the window? <laughs> None of that? Yeah. That's funny. I, I, you know, you just don't even wrap the Christmas presents anymore. But um, that's what got me started was that. And I've always been jealous I didn't have any of that. And yet people have said, maybe you do, because it seems like everywhere you go in these haunted places, something happens to you. And they may sense that sentimental vibe of yours or that empathetic vibe. Because I'm never afraid. I just want to say, come sit down and tell me what happened to you. Um, I don't know. Hmm. But I have never been any of these places that something didn't happen. Something did, and it, and it's still to this day, you, you just you don't want to take it that step further and, you know, buy the gear, or get the video camera, or get, you know, that's just not something that, that really is in your wheelhouse, it sounds like. Well, I'll tell you, Shane, the thing is, It tends to happen when you aren't trying. That's true. And I realized with the TV shows, they have to produce a show every week. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's always happened when I was focused on something else. Always. I was thinking of some other thing, and it's like a peripheral visions thing. All of a sudden, something would happen. The chandelier would go crazy. Um, Something poking me. It was never when I was walking around saying, give me a sign. And so I don't know if that's part of it, but I don't want the equipment. And uh, you probably have had Lloyd Arbach on, but or you know who he is. Um, uh, heard, yeah, like heard the, of. Yeah, the grandfather of the paranormal activity. But when I interviewed him for the Stanley Hotel book, he told me something fascinating. He believes that ghosts 
actually let you see them telepathically. That's oh. why if you're if you're taking a picture and you don't see a ghost, but when you look back at that picture and you see an image, it imprinted on the film because ghosts are electromagnetic energy. They're energy. That's why lights go crazy and the TV goes crazy and batteries drain. And once he told me that, I quit worrying about equipment. I have accidentally picked up EVPs when I was interviewing people and had a recorder running. But that I thought that was amazing because there's been times when you've had five people standing there and they don't all hear, see, or smell the same thing. Right, right. And it's because that ghost is is reacting through your mind and it's it's more of a telepathic thing. I think that's fascinating. It I, it is, and actually to add to that too, and that's one of the theories. You know, the group I belong to. You know, and it's it's been kicked out there quite often that. Uh, you know, I, I saw my grandma. Well, maybe you saw your grandma because that's how you see it in your mind, but that's not necessarily your grandma. Again, it's all energy, and and I that's very interesting theory. Um, I think, you know, other ones, for example, you know, is there a glitch? Is there, you know, another frequency level that's around us and we just can't see them, but they can't see us, and every now and again, it's it's thin enough for one of us to cross over. Who says that what we do right now on a daily basis, there's not another you know, a frequency, another dimension, if you will, that sees us as a ghost as we glitch in and out. I mean, there, there's so many things to think about. And, and that's what's amazing about it because, you know, there, there's that's what's also fun about it. Like you had said, there's so many different ways to approach it. We've had so many guests on that, you know, like Bigfoot, for example, cryptid researchers, some of them, yep, absolutely, it's a flesh and blood creature as far as Bigfoot's concerned. Some of them, nope, they don't believe in that. He's a dimensional being. And it's just so, it's crazy, the, the different viewpoints out there in in this fringe field that, that we, you know, that we work in. So, absolutely. But Well, again, I, I don't know that I want it solved yet. Um but, Agreed. you know, yeah. we're as human beings, we're 99.9% energy and light. Mm-hmm. And when you die, that energy has to go somewhere. You can't kill energy. It just changes form. Yeah. True. So that, to me, is what a ghost or a spirit is. Well, you don't have vocal cords anymore. Mm-hmm. That body, that vehicle that allowed you to talk is gone now. And that's why it imprints on a recorder you didn't hear it with your ear, but it, you play back a recorder and it has imprinted on something it can, mm-hmm. which is an electromagnetic transference. And I think that's fascinating. No, it's absolutely does that, amazing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that makes absolutely. a lot of sense. Yeah. No, it's again, it's one of those things where it's so fun to talk about and, and have people just as interested about it. Um, it it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So, um, Unless, Josh, you got something. I wanted to, to kind of go through some of your books a little bit, Rebecca, if, if you don't mind. And, and not to, you know, tell the whole story of the books because, you know, people need to pick these up. I've got a couple in order now that I'm waiting to, to get. Um, and I guess I want to, we want to make sure to promote you too. So when we talk about people getting your books, what's the best way that you want them to get out there? Is it, is it your website or is there another, another method? That's very kind. Um, the website is Rebecca F. Pittmanbooks.com. Uh, my middle initial is F is in Frank. So Rebecca F. Pittman.com or books.com. 
a, a lot of people just go to Amazon and type my name in and there they are. Cause I'm on my 16th book now. Um, and wow. sometimes that's the easiest is just put it in the Amazon browser. Sure. Okay. Fantastic. Now the Lizzie, the Lizzie Borden paranormal card game is only sold at my website. Gotcha. And, and we'll put all that in the show notes folks. So, um, you know, so you can find those. I think that card game, I love, Games, so I'm definitely going to pick that up. I was not aware till I started doing research that you had a card game, but that's that's awesome. And let, let so let's talk about that a little bit. I, I'd like to talk about the subject matter, if you don't mind, in some of your books, just some of the high points. When we talk about Lizzie Borden, and you had said that you had found uh, new research, for example, you know, again, this story mm-hmm. has been kicked around forever about you know why she did it, what occurred. What's you, what's your viewpoint on that at the end of the day after you read the book? Like, what are we? You know, what are we looking at with Lizzie Borden? She absolutely, in my opinion, did it. Um, when I read all the, I, I, read, I read 5,000 pages of trial transcripts. I read them through three times. Mm. The first time through, you're getting the lay of the land. The second time through, you start noticing inconsistencies and lies. And by the third time you've re- read it, it's like something's jumping off the page going, you know, pick me, pick me. Um but the things that people don't understand, a lot of people think that she murdered them that morning in a fit of rage. This thing was planned for almost a year. Really? Uh, the one that's amazing to me is she needed arsenic. Um, she was The hatchet was a last resort. The reason this is going on is behind her and her sister's back, her father is putting together a big land cattle deal with her uncle. And it's going to cost her and her sister a huge chunk of their inheritance. It's 250 acres of income-producing property. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to keep it from her. So the morning of the murders, Abby, her stepmother, the deed for that property was going to be put into Abby's name. Somebody was going to pick her up and take her to the bank at 10 with an excuse that she got a, a card from a sick friend and was going to go out so that Lizzie wouldn't know where she was going. Well, Lizzie was one step ahead of them. She killed Abby at 930, 30 minutes before she was supposed to go to the bank. And But before that, two days prior, she tried to poison them by putting arsenic in the milk. Hmm. Um, but this is how diabolical this is. In May, and the murders were August, uh, I don't. I have the feeling she talked her dad into letting her choose a new paint color for the house outside, and she chose green. Well, back then you had to mix copper with arsenic to get oh, a verdigris oh. color to get green. Okay. And so the painter comes to the barn. He's mixing the paints. She makes sure that she's right there. The problem is he came the day before and she wasn't home and mixed them and took his stuff and went home and she went uh, crap lost out. So yep. she went to his, she went to his house and said, no, that's not the color I want. You're going to have to come back in the morning and remix it. And I think that's where she got the original arsenic that she used in the milk. This wow. was thought out way ahead of time. That's, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've looked into the story, but I never really not in depth to that point, you know? So, Wow. That's crazy. Uh, so quick question when we're on, we're talking about, you know, of course, prior, um, there's a fine line, right, between haunts and possible murders. 
you know, what, what that looks like. Did Amityville Horror ever come into your periscope at all? Uh, or is that just something that's just like, you know what? The, the guy killed him. There's no haunts here. This is what occurred. Because I know that's a case that's been going back and forth for, for decades. It's one that fascinates me. I just watched another documentary on it about a week ago. I don't know what I could do with it at this point. They're not going to let me spend the night (laughs) because, you know, somebody lives there now. I like to spend the night. Um, Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons I haven't jumped on the Winchester Mystery House is you can't spend the night there. Right. Uh, The only stories I can get are from the tour guides and you're, they're going to be fairly limited. So that is part of my criteria is a place that I can now some of these are hotels. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm interested in the Omni Parker house in um, Boston. It's very haunted and oh. the history is fascinating. It's where John F. Kennedy proposed to Jackie. It's just, you know, Dickens was there. It's it, that I would really enjoy doing. So to answer your question, Amityville, I go back and forth. Was it a hoax? Was it not? What are your thoughts? Josh, you first. <laughs> I've got thoughts. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We, we kind of dug into that a little bit a while ago, and I, I kind of came to the conclusion that there might have been some weird stuff going on as far as the haunting goes um, and the paranormal stuff, but like I think that they were, I don't know. There was too much weirdness of them, like proposing a book idea to their lawyer before, before yeah. the alleged haunting happened. As far as the uh, actual murders go, that's always a tough one for me because you know, like you can't really prove or disprove someone was hearing voices. You know what I mean? It, well, it, yeah. it is tough. Yeah. Did they ever really find a red room in the basement like you see in the movie? I never heard that there Thank was actually you. a red painted be- uh, room in the basement. I did. it was it was in the book, but I don't ever remember an actual that that was a case. And and so you know, so let's go down this rabbit hole a bit if you don't mind. Yeah, so it is interesting. <laughs> How, however, the things that got me originally were he took a shotgun to the whole family went room to room, but yet nobody woke up and neighbors didn't hear it. And so I always thought that was an odd subject. I always thought that right there was kind of a weird clue. Like you're, yeah, I don't care how big the house is. You're going to hear somebody, you're going to hear a gunshot and why they didn't stir quicker than they did. And he was able to go do mom and dad and go do the siblings. I, I don't know. That's always had me out. But like Josh said, it's weird. It seems like it was a quick cash grab with a book and, you know, people coming out after the fact saying, oh, yeah, they came to us way before that. And the people that live there now and the people that, that you know, for the last, like, two, three owners, they've never had issues, never had a problem, right. never had. So it's like, wait, if we have something happening there, you know, and maybe this, this guy was mentally challenged. That's where the, the voices come into. And I'd likely say that, you know, that there's hauntings and mentally and mentally ill people sometimes go very hand in hand, you know, with what they're seeing and, and what it looks like to them. Um, I don't know. There's a couple of factors I can't wash away, but there's a few that just look like it was a cash grab, I think, at the end of the day. So I don't know. What, what's your well, thoughts? Well, I think the recent documentary said that his teenage sister helped him. So they split up and they went and blasted in different rooms. Mm. 
I don't know if that's, uh, you know, they're trying to grab at something so that it makes more sense. Cause I agree to you. I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't know how you're shooting off a shotgun all through this house and the kids aren't awake. And I don't know. Yeah. I, that's probably why I haven't gone after it for one yeah. reason. I, I don't blame you. And it's probably one of those things that, that again, it's been so convoluted and so turned around for so many years you know, is there really anything there, you know, substantial at the, at the end of the day, you know, and that, and that's, and that's the thing. But I mean, there's so many other ones, like you mentioned, the Lemp Mansion, I've never heard of it, you know, Josh, never heard of it. And, and boy, it's fascinating. I mean, that's a, I'm going to order that book and read it because I, I, it's just the history behind the family and what occurred. Um, and, you know, and every city has these things here in Spokane, we've got a mansion called the Campbell Mansion. And kind of the same thing, you know, there was uh, some of the, one of the kids got abducted and kidnapped and they never returned her. And then there was murders in the house and, and you can tour the mansion and, and I've taken it and I've done, you know, research and stuff on it. But I think it's just interesting because every town had, there's so many things out there to research and throw out to the public. And that's just fascinating beyond your typical Amityville horror or your, you know, your, the same story that's been kicking the can for how many ever years, you know? Oh, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, it's like what you're saying. You can only saturate that so many times. And with all the Netflix and all the streaming, they're looking for something new. And um, I'll be honest, you know, there people send me things. Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get excited and think, oh, that could be cool. Um, I don't know. Again, it, 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 it tends to be a timing thing with me. And the fact that Pam Hupp and Alec Murdoch came back to back with these two huge crime stories, I hadn't planned on that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do a novel next and then get back to a haunted place. Yeah. Um, any recommendations since you guys are the experts? Uh, I wouldn't say experts. There's no experts in this field. We say that time and time and again. <laughs> But, but there. Well, even in your neck of the woods, there's there's tons of things up there aside from the Stanley Mansion. Yeah. I, I know there's theaters in downtown Denver and things that that uh, it's just you know just so much stuff out there. And and this is the thing too, you know. On the side point, you know, when you talk about people investigating these things and these shows that they've got to come out with a show every week, and it's got to be yeah. in reality. Ghost and paranormal investigating is the most boring job. You just might as well work at the DMV. It's the same thing. You have hours and hours and hours of listening to audio and video, hoping to capture something. It, it's not always that grab and scare that they, you know, Zach Baggins loves so much. Um, it just isn't, you, you know. So it, it's it's tough. It's tough nowadays in this. Uh, and then, of course, you add technology on top of that. And people share these videos and these clips of what they saw, whether it's a, you know, a chair moving across the room or a UFO in the sky. And and it is so hard to sit there and not go, oh, that's no, that's fake. That's technology. That somebody put this together right. because we've gotten so good with it now. And and it's really yeah. making it tough. It's really muddied the waters for sure, you know. It absolutely has. I mean, it, it's very tough now to to see the fakes and um and now I'm even more of a skeptic because people will send me photos that they've taken from some of the places I've written about. You know, and I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, some of them are so obviously photoshopped, and then others are like, "Whoa!" Um, but yeah, I, you know, the thing is, is we all want to see a ghost. 
we watch these shows hoping, okay, this time we're going to see something instead of just, did you hear that? Did mm-hmm. you see that? Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a full body ap- apparition. I, I, I may faint if I do. I, I would <laughs> like to. But we watch those shows hoping for something like that, don't you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's imagination, right? And it's that creativity in all of us a little bit. And and yeah, and and it, it, it's funny you mentioned like pictures that are shared with you. I, I get the same thing on my side, and and Josh and this group I belong to. Oh, look at my living room. There's I captured an orb. No, your house is filthy. That's dust. That's what that is. I mean, it, it, people want so bad to reach onto something. It, it just, it's insane. It just is so insane. No, you just yeah. need a Swiffer. You just need to clean a little bit. Yep. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's, that's dander. That's, that's dander. You're, you're a dirtbag. Clean, clean your home. You're a dirtbag. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. That's a commercial for Pledge, you know? <laughs> Bring it out well, just before I'll, I'll Halloween. You, I'll, I'll tell you a situation that, that underscores what I was saying earlier. There's a this huge castle, literally a castle in downtown Denver. And it went up for sale. And a girlfriend and I went to go look at it. And um, I just wanted to see it. Plus, I, I had an escape room business. And at the time, I thought, wow, that would be cool to have an escape room business in a castle. Yeah. Well, the guy is showing us through this place, and it's insane. And it's, again, the 1800s kind of thing. And he opens a door to the ladies' bathroom off of a, you could tell it was a ladies' bedroom, very feminine. The men, and he looked nervous. It's like, you know, well, we can go in here. I'll show you the kitchen. And I said, well, what's behind here? And he didn't look happy. And he stepped back. He goes, well, you can go ahead. You can, you can peek in there. It's just a bathroom. The minute I opened the door, it was the most overwhelming smell of magnolias I have ever, I mean, or honeysuckle. It was just almost cloying. Wow. And I thought, whoa, that is an air freshener. And I commented on it, and he got even more nervous and said, let's, let's go look at the kitchen. And I'm just standing there going, I was looking for whatever the potpourri was or whatever. I couldn't see anything. I shut the door. And when we got finished and we were walking back to the car, I asked my friend, I said, man, that did you, that was just overwhelming. She goes, I didn't want to embarrass you, but I didn't smell anything. (laughs) I said, you've got to be kidding me. And I mean, it literally would knock you over. And that's my Mm. point. Not everybody experiences the same thing. And I was, I I actually almost got mad. I said, come on, RJ, you, you smell that. She goes, no, I didn't. And she goes, I don't know what was wrong with him, but he wanted us out of there. So isn't that strange? It is. That's, Uh, that's a, that's yeah. What a story. Huh? Yeah. Sorry, Josh. But, Oh, no, you're good. Well, the thing, the other thing that fascinates me is crop circles, ley lines. I mean, all of that. There's not enough time in a lifetime to go after all of the things that are cool. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, well yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of ley lines, because I don't know how you've not asked this already, Shane. Um, but I, I noticed, so you said earlier, like, obviously, when it comes to Salem, which trials the girls were faking it they admitted as much yeah um so what role would you say like the uh environment ley lines energy 
all of the just the physicality of uh the of Salem Village play in that uh in what went what happened there. I I don't think the physicality other than the sense of cabin fever, um, what it was was a perfect storm of Indian raids, a Puritan religion that was so contained that the the, the kids during that era were, you know, you're to be seen and not heard. All they had was chores. The, the, The preachers would preach for almost eight hours every Sunday, and it was all about the devil and you're going to hell. It was just a perfect storm. They didn't have the charter back from England, which means there was no law. <laughs> the, the judges that judged these poor people weren't lawyers. Um, but it's, to answer your question, what they have found, now Salem Village and Salem Town are two different things. Mm-hmm. Salem that we think of, where all of the Halloween stuff is, was the town. And it is laying on ley lines. And they call it uh, the judge's row. A lot of the houses that these judges, et cetera, happen to lay on those ley lines that run down Essex Street in Salem, which is very interesting. Hmm. I did not hear that they were actually in Salem Village, which at the time was Peabody and Danvers. It's about 10 minutes outside of Salem Town. It's still right there. Um, but I think for the, the witch trials, it wasn't so much that as it was just the perfect storm of conditions. Wow. So yeah. less, less like spooky paranormal stuff, more uh, people are just, assholes. just really sucked to be there at that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, it was literally diabolical. Once the, the, the two girls started realizing they were getting attention mm-hmm. and calling out people and they believed in witches. I mean, you have yeah. to know they came from England where sure. they witch, witnessed thousands of people being burned. Mm-hmm. There, no doubt in their mind, there's witches, no doubt in their mind, there's the devil. So when they started crying out against people and the adults were actually listening to them, these awful, awful parents and adults started whispering names to these girls of people they wanted to get rid of. Right. They were either derelicts or, you know, people that were bumming off of you. The, the people that, you know, were a nuisance or that you'd had a land dispute. You coveted their property. And so suddenly these girls were like the vehicle through which these adults were getting rid of people they didn't want. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the part of the book that blew my mind. Yeah, and, and I'll, it's just yeah, ne- yeah. it's nefarious. I don't know what else to call it. It was just horrible. Well, and let's you know, look, not to go down history row or anything. However, uh, human beings are pretty shitty in general, usually, especially when it comes <laughs> to history. So you know, if they find a way to utilize fear and you know yeah. whatever have you, which that exactly what the Salem witch trials are. Everybody's scared. This got to be the answer. Um, people utilize that and people leverage that for their own do goodness, if you will. Um, yeah. And that, that's a good example of that, that that's, that's horrible that it happened And think of how many innocent people got burned at the stake for, you know, it's it just, uh, awful, awful history. You know, do you think that in this day and age with, you know, granted technology, everything else, do you think we are bound to repeat some of this history that has happened? Well, you know, whether it's attached to paranormal or not, but you know, something like the Salem witch trials, I mean, uh, hysteria, you know, do do you do you think there's there's a recycle of that maybe somewhere? I get asked that a lot, 
and it's not, I don't think that it couldn't happen. For instance, when Arthur Miller wrote The Crucible, which, you know, was about John Proctor, it was supposed to be the Salem Witch Trials, but it was actually, he was talking about McCarthyism mm-hmm. and that horrible period where the, the anybody in Hollywood that was found to be a communist was blackballed. Right. Well, that happened. And then I look at recent things, look at COVID hitting, and suddenly, beyond our control, we are stuck at home. We have all these things put on us. We have a drug we're supposed to take. Now, I'm not saying that's anything like it, but to me, it's not a far stretch that after a while, people become some sense of hysteria when their normal world, they've lost control. They don't have any control over what's happening to them. Agreed. I don't think it would take a whole lot. It just takes that perfect blending of events, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, and I I think we're with you. You know, it's sometimes I think mankind, you know, we're, we're kind of a bunch of lemmings in a, in a way. uh, And it's, it's a shame, you know, people get, if you're, if you're, you're getting spoon fed something every single day, like for example, you know, news channels or whatever have you, or the newspaper or info, um, boy, they're, they're, you know, you can manipulate um, the right minds in the right places and, and make something occur again. And, and it's it's kind of sad. It really is. And, I, you know, we've always said that, to, you know, like this this world with, you know, and again, it's a don't get me wrong. It, you know, we're, we're we're an amazing species as as mankind as a whole. But we also um, have some pretty big flaws, you know, whether it's uh, sexism or racism or whatever bad things you want to put out. I kind of wish that aliens would land because it would give us something else to focus on um, uh, rather than kind of battle yeah. with ourselves and, and, and fight amongst us as a species, which I, I've never understood that that premise but whatsoever, you know, so. Well, what surprised me is how we almost looked at it as a shrug factor once all the unredacted documents came out and military brass were saying, yeah, we lied to you. They've always been here. I was expecting a lot more hoopla, and it's almost like people are going, yeah, we know. (laughs) Well, look at timing when it comes out. I mean, if you're going to bring something out, uh, do it when everybody's locked up and there's bigger fish to fry, like a global pandemic. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna confess. Then I'm not gonna confess when everything's perfectly normal. So yeah. <laughs> there's there's that. It's kind of the coconut shell game, right? You know, like figure out where the ball ball is underneath the right shell. And and I, and I think that the, the world has gone through that more than once, and and we continue to. You know, so Shane, that is a great analogy. I like the shell game. That's that's very good. You take that. You run with it, Rebecca. You do whatever. Okay. Whatever you want. You want to go with that. That's all yours. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously you're 16 books deep now and I, I've been trying to write a book for two years now and I can't get off chapter three. So <laughs> kudos on you for, for your, your timeline for this. But, well, you're running a podcast. I'd say you're a little busy. Uh, well, you know, life and everything. This is what keeps us, keeps us young, I guess, or at least halfway entertained at the end of the day. So, but, um, well, I, I know we're, we're running out of time, but can mm-hmm. I ask you a question? Is there a topic you'd like to do a deep dive into that you haven't? Oh boy, that I don't know, Josh. I don't. I mean, there's so many. Um, I think what I what really interests me, and, and Josh touched on it briefly, is a natural phenomenon to where, like when you talk ley lines or you t- like Skinwalker Ranch, for example, which I'm sure you're you're very familiar with. 
And again, right. not saying it's a thing, but also saying that maybe it's a thing. I mean, there's some odd, I think getting really knee deep into the subject of natural things in this earth and this world that bring energy that focal, like, like it's a proven fact with ley lines that, you know, if water's underneath the ground, you, the frequency of that area yep. tenfold, like it just goes off the charts. Yep. And so it's very interesting seeing that natural phenomenon mixed with something fringe, like, like we're into and, and how those two converge. I, I don't know. I, I know there's been books on it, but I, I really haven't picked up a book and read something that has appeased me, you know, and, and brought the two together to make sense. You know, that's, that's fascinating. Is it, do I have a quick minute to say something? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, crop circles fascinate me. And you were talking about underground water, which is aquifers. Um, the, the Giza pyramid is built on top of aquifers mm-hmm. and ley lines. So exactly what you were just saying. But what over by Stonehenge is there's all of these crop circles that have popped up. And this, this study came out that my jaw dropped. They found out that like 98% of the crop circles were in one section of that area close to Stonehenge, but that part of England. And what they were showing was right beneath it were chalk fields that were absorbing the water and holding it. And there's ley lines right there by Stonehenge. And I thought, oh my gosh, 98%. The rest of the places that crop circles appeared were minute compared to that. Interesting. Isn't that cool? That's, that's amazing. And you know, we've had a guest on it think years ago that, that she studied crop circles and you know, it's been so back and forth, you know, now they're created and they're this and that, but boy, there's some pretty intricate circles that have popped up over history boy you've got it if you're doing that with a board and a rope in the middle of the night uh yeah i i I don't know i don't know i I think the jury's still out on that that's very interesting that is very interesting you know and i think more than one thing can be true so i I don't know but i love that stuff yeah that's josh did you say something sorry yeah i i just like to think that more than one thing can be true there doesn't have to be one answer that for that encompasses the whole thing you know what i mean like yeah there could be people out there with boards and rope and yeah there could be something else going on too you know very true well they they had the one guy that said he flew over that area by stonehenge flew back 10 minutes later and a crop circle had appeared within that 10 minutes of time yeah, that's a darn good rope and board trick. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you're. If I want to hire you for efficiency, if you can get that done in that amount of time, you know that's crazy. Well, and and the whole thing too, and that's a very good point, Josh. Too, it doesn't have to be the same thing, and and it it just you know it fascinates me with uh you know some of these people that that see what they you know like they took a picture they for example uh, we met um, um, Gimlin. You know, the guy that actually uh, was one of the ones that videotaped the Bigfoot back in 67, back in California, and he was the one holding the camera. And, you know, there's, and again, that's been debunked, and then the guy was on his deathbed, and he said somebody was in a suit. Well, okay, fine and dandy, but, you know, I met the person. Man, he, you can't tell me, if he, if it's made up, he is the best actor that I've ever seen. Some of these people that claim they've seen it, they've lived it, they, you Boy, they're if they're they're just convincing. I mean, you look in their eyes and you hear their you hear them tell the story. You hear Travis Walton talk about his experience uh, back in what seventy eight uh, with the abduction. Uh, boy, if he's making that up, then he's he's awesome. 
he's better than anybody I've ever seen. So I don't know. You know, things would be set out there for sure. And I think some of it too, I'd really, and this is a, a, a wish I think that we got on our side, but as we make um, advancements like on quantum physics, I, I'm hoping that some of the, the answer to some of this fringe science is lies within the quantum physics scientific <laughs> thing. I, I think if we find something, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, you know, we'll, we'll see what my, happens. My, my favorite is quantum entanglement, and I think that could apply to some of this stuff. It's fascinating for sure. Oh, you, guys, you guys are a joy. I really enjoy being on your show. It's, you, you, I mean, you can talk about anything. <laughs> well, not well, yeah, we usually do. <laughs> you were pretty, yeah, we ramble quite a lot. And, and again, we recognize the time. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Rebecca, for your time. We'd love to have you back on. Let us know. Um, and then for, you know, we talked about the website, where to find your book. Is there anything else that you want to promote? Anything you're working on ways, different ways that, uh, people can find you? Uh, again, if you type my name in, uh, Rebecca Pittman, even into the Amazon browser, I have written a, a juvenile fiction book called TJ Fennell and the well of ghosts that's gotten a lot of attention. It, it appeals to the Harry Potter age group market um so i don't know i I i'm gonna create some more games but um you you guys are wonderful and thank you so much for having me Uh, absolutely thanks for joining us Yep. If you want to stay online, we'll thank you off air. But everybody, that was Rebecca F. Pittman. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time and uh, can't wait to get a hold of a couple of your books. Uh, Just fascinating. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I, you know, and it was fun. She started talking about like the, the crop circles, for example. And again, the jury's out for me. Yeah. You know, I've heard different sides of it. I've heard, that, you know, we make them. I've heard we have it. I've seen them. Some of them are very, like, my God, if these are being mapped out by us, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, I fucking give that guy a, a job in like, you know, science because damn, you know, I mean, it's pretty impressive. But it was funny. Some of the things she hit on like crop circles, ley lines, um, just the natural things occurring, and then kind of turning the tables and asking us what we think. I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think that's a, a great segue into also saying, hey, listeners, if there's something you'd like us to dive into, let us know. Um, but, I, man, I don't know. Like, I kind of would like to get back into some of the more, like, old school hard-boiled research like the john keel and the jack jacques valet kind of stuff and um you know maybe dig into a little more of some of the weird like natural like uh folklore legendary kind of stuff like uh you know like wendigos and skinwalkers and some some like you know native legends stuff like that that'd be really interesting to try and dive into some of that stuff's tough though because a lot of a lot of it is like secret knowledge you know what i mean like uh like culturally it's not appropriate to talk about so there's not a lot of like stories or like background on it you know what i mean it's a hard thing to research because uh like i I can't remember where i read it or heard it but uh there was a, a researcher who was researching skinwalker stuff i think up at the u and uh and um, just him researching it caused 
I want to say it was a Navajo elder to be like, hey, you realize you're doing everything that you need to do to become one, right? Oh, and he was like, "Wait, what? No, I'm just like documenting it." And they were like, "Mm, "A little more than that, bud." (laughs) Oh boy, I can't remember. I think that might have been like a small little like half page thing that George Hansen talked about in the Trisha and the Paranormal or something. But like, I remember stumbling across that somewhere and being like, "Whoa!" Because he was just like transcribing like oral histories mm-hmm. or something well that shit's um, crazy and, and you're you're right on yeah. that i mean you you talk about a lot of uh these tribes i mean yeah you're out there you hear the rumors but there's a lot especially with the native americans they keep it pretty close to cuff i mean it it's like an internal within their own and so to try to get a hold of those stories and add something to those stories is is kind of i and I, i'm with you i would love to i i think that's neat i mean that takes like cryptid to a whole nother level Right. You know, with this stuff. Yeah. Fascinating. Like nothing, nothing makes me want to know more than when someone's like, oh, but we don't talk about that. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, but why? <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> now I really want to know. Yeah. You know, uh, there's so much stuff out there, too, that's so convoluted with, you know, in the fringes. But that that's definitely one thing. Um, even like the old myths that uh, are passed, like Gollum, for example. That story fascinates me. Like, it's just, a, it's an old yeah. story, but it fascinates me. It's like, who came up with this? You know, it's just crazy. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe we can dabble in stuff like that. And it, again, it was cool that she's like, well, what interests you guys? And, and um, man, you know, my hidden little side project is trying to learn more about quantum theory and how it works. And, and it's like, I don't even think the scientists that are working on it know really how it works. It's, just, it's such a, such a weird fucking thing, you know? Yeah, or if they do, it's like, how do I describe this to people that don't know how to math? Because I don't know how to math, man. That's the thing, yeah. Or if they stumble on something like, like, oh, wait, oh, what just happened? Can we repeat that? And they can't repeat that. And so there's that. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the and and even when the, like watching like stuff like Nova where they try to really dumb it down for just the regular person, even <laughs> right. then they're like explaining these crazy concepts, and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. You gotta um, rewind, rewind. Yeah, figure out what what I miss there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm such a fucking dummy. But no, cooler's on her. No, it's just it's just neat. Like I said, I you know been struggling with a book forever, and and I. I don't know, you know, anybody that wants to put pen to paper. And I think it's really cool that she has some standards. You know, she's like, look, if I can't stay there, if I can't go there, I'm not going to write about that. You know, it's not an experience that I want to put down on paper. And um, that's kind of cool because you don't hear that a lot from some of these people that think they know enough to put a book together on such and such. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, Busy's trying to eat my Apple pencil. I hope you're talking about the cat. Yeah. Okay, good. Because you never know. Back off. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she's trying to pull it out of the little loop on the iPad case. Nice. But uh, no, so everybody, that was Rebecca Pittman. Uh, I hope to have her on again. She's she's really cool. Um, and then she she might send us out some little gifts, which I thought was kind of neat too, off off the thing. And I was like, yeah, oh, that'd awesome. be way cool. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. So um, anyway, stand by for more guests. Stand by for more. And I guess so, Patreon members. 
you do have, so we are doing the SU oddities um, every now and again when we have time, we're dropping them. We did drop an old, old one into the main feed uh, last week and actually got some uh, reports back that they loved it. It was short. It's like, ah, this is perfect. I like this little short snippet thing. And that's all they are. You know, they're just a short little five, 10 minute um, stories that fascinate us, things that we come across. They're more fun than anything. Um, so patrons, you know, let us know. And, and then, uh, you know, if you're in the regular feed, let us know that too. Um, if you want to send out a subject and go, man, I wish you guys would really talk about this. I actually got a couple uh, papers that I'm trying to write or a couple write-ups. One of them is the the whole rock and roll 27 club and some of the weird coincidences and rock and roll history. It was a book that I stumbled on and just some fun things that maybe we can kind of go down the pathway with, but um, let us know. You can write us at strangejerkles at gmail.com. Um, give us your insights. Give us your tell us to fuck off, whatever you want to do. We'll accept anything at this point because sure, you know, why not? we're needy, you know, so there's that. We're, we're we like attention. Um, and where are we on socials? We are at, Instagram and Facebook at Strange Uncles Podcast. We are at Twitter at Strange Uncles. Uh, I haven't posted anything anywhere for a while. Um, <laughs> at least you're honest. I'll try and get back on that. But you know, like sometimes you gotta have a little bit of creativity, and sometimes you just don't have any. You know, so uh, at least you're, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll we'll. <laughs> I'm sure I'll post something sometime somewhere again. Someday. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Leave them hanging. That's all you can do. Just leave yeah. them. Just I'll leave you all wanting more until you forget about us. And then it'll be like, oh, yeah, those guys. Yeah, I probably should um, post something. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we also have a YouTube channel, which is even more neglected than anything else. But I'm trying to uh, get up the, uh, uh, the, the creative juices to work on some stuff for that. And we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get some, some stuff up for that in the, in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's social media. I don't know. We're not on Reddit or TikTok or Mastodon or whatever. I'm fucking yeah. lazy, dude. Yeah, it's not only that, but some of it just pissed me off to no point. You know. It's, anyway, so yeah, it's not good for a podcast when you don't advertise. However, we do have a loyal yeah. following. So for those of you who are loyal, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we thanks, guys. And we can go from there. But uh, awesome. We're going to wrap it up. We, again, look for some guests and some things coming down the pike. Uh, I think we've got a good one lined up next week. We've had uh, him on before. Um, just fascinating guy. Love to talk to him. Uh, and then we got some original write-ups for sure. And uh, we can go from there. So hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, I don't know. Close gates. Close them.